0: Welcome to the podcast. We're very pleased to be sponsored by Camps Aerie & Louise. And for those of you who know us, you know we've been in the business of caring about children and their families for generations. Today, we're really looking forward to enjoying a special chapter in one of our meet and greet episodes. It's very exciting to welcome to the podcast, the director of Camp Aerie, Marty Rocklin. Marty's been affiliated with Camps Aerie & Louise for more than 30 years. Starting as a camper, and then as a counselor and administrator, and now as a camper parent and camp director, it can easily be said that Marty's spirit can be found both inside and out, just about anything Camp airing. So Marty, if it's okay with you, I'm hoping we can jump in with the Terry Gross Fresh Air Opener. It's the best one I know. So as she recommends, let's start with, tell me about yourself. So Marty, tell me about yourself.
1: I am a guy who was lucky enough to have a really cool life path and journey that took me to camp and luckily brought me back to camp a bunch of years later. And it was because of camp that I pursued a career as a teacher. And it was because of camp that I think I became a better teacher and then a better school administrator. And the experience as an administrator is what I think prepared me to come back finally to assume the role of director.
0: We go back a little time. What did you teach? Where did you teach? Where were you an administrator? What did you do?
1: I started as a GT resource teacher. So I was seeing groups of kids being pulled out of classes for extension units or projects. They were doing what was called type three projects back in the day, independent research, some higher level math classes. And then in my second year, I became a traditional fifth grade teacher. I loved teaching fifth grade and doing all the subjects and being a generalist. And then funny thing happens, I had a chance to leave teaching for a year, as it turned out, to go work in the camp office year round. Uh, There was an opening and I needed someone to come in. And of course I said yes. And to be honest, at, at 26, it wasn't as fulfilling and energizing as teaching was. And so, camp was still special to me, and I kept doing camp in the summertime, but I went back to teaching. I taught middle school, science, math, health, English. Oh my. Uh, oh my, yeah. <laughs> in, in a couple different schools. And then, it was the summer of 2003, and I was teaching and doing camp in the summertime, and I had made a decision, along with my wife, Pam, that would be my last summer for a little while, because we were going to be parents in February. And so fast forward to summer 2004, and I'm doing a regular summertime teacher nine to five job to be around for hanging out with baby Lily. And I get a phone call to talk about being an administrator in Frederick County Public Schools. Well, one thing led to another, and I was brought on for an assistant principal job in Frederick County. And then school took over for camp, because those jobs are 12-month jobs. So camp had to go on hiatus, and then, it was assistant principal in Frederick for five years. Ironically, in Thermont for one year. Thermont Middle School didn't know that school even existed until I got there. <laughs> so I was back in Thermont even when I wasn't wasn't in Thermont. Uh, Baltimore County came calling. I spent four years in Baltimore County as an assistant principal, and then, in the winter of 2013, early 2014. It was announced that Rick Frankel would be retiring, and Camp and I somehow got together on a phone call and discussed whether this would be the right time to come back, and the rest, as they say. And clearly it has been. It has been.
0: Let me go back a little further in time from that. What were you like as a kid?
1: I was fully haired. I (laughs) I had great curly hair. I was boisterous and playful and energetic. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. (laughs) <laughs> I I loved playing ball. My favorites were soccer uh, and baseball. Played outside all the time. I started camp when I was ten, older than some of our campers these days. It was, I guess, every kid's dream—a backyard full of toys and tons of guys to play with, and these awesome rock star counselors that were just the coolest guys in the world. And they had these cool oh. accents from being overseas, and I fell in love with the place and. I think as I try to tell parents now, it was a great place to start growing up to figure things out about yourself.
0: You mentioned being a great place to grow up and being a kid. When you were younger, who inspired you? Who, who were your heroes? Who did you look to?
1: I was and, and still am. I love my Orioles. <laughs> okay. So I anything you know, Cal and Eddie. Those were those are the guys I grew up with. And so mm-hmm. I. We would play, you know, wiffle ball or baseball in the backyard. We would imitate batter swings, and those kind of things. So, I'm, I love Cowanetti Eddie, and I collected baseball cards, and I love collecting those cards. I had some camp guys I looked up to. I remember, last name Smith's very popular. So, Tim Smith, known as Smitty, was one of my first counselors. Great guy, energetic, just exuded enthusiasm and love for camp. We've connected since, in years. Later, I see him around Montgomery County at different functions. He's involved in Montgomery County Park and Rec to some degree. The name escapes me. Sure. Uh, Jim Smith, who's still involved in camp to this to this day. And what it was,
0: was it about the Smiths that
1: inspired you? When you talk to them or interact with them, you were the important person at the time. They, they paid attention, they remembered things. If you asked for something, they would help deliver for you, or they would help you solve a problem, and those things. Those things stuck with me, and through the years, you know, more guys will come along like that. But camp was a place different than school and different than home where you would develop these 24 7 relationships with people. When you live and eat and play together, it's a, it's a different dynamic than going to school or having a neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. friend at home.
0: What was school like for you and neighborhood that you grew up in?
1: Uh, I grew up in. In the, on the Randolphstown side of Pikesville, off of Scotts Level and Arrowhead Roads, we were on Tema Road. My next door neighbor and best friends, uh, Ross and Neil Charkatz, and in fact, our families moved together from Tema Road House to the Dandelion Court House when we moved together to Lee's Mills in 1987. We played Stratomatic baseball. We did our baseball cards. We would make mixtapes. When you had cassette tapes back in the day, you would play and record and You know, I guess it was the early version of a podcast. You put some DJ material in the middle and try to sound cool. And they were camp guys, too. You know, I went to camp. I followed Ross to camp. He was there in the summer of 83, and I I followed him a year later.
0: Sounds like a great way to grow up. Speaking of growing up, what would you write in a letter to yourself as a young camper now, given all that you've learned about the world since? Looking back, and basically, is how you saw the world then when you were a kid just starting camp would you know about the world now? What would you write to yourself?
1: I would tell myself to take the same spirit of adventure you had at summer camp with you everywhere else you go. And I say that because when I went away to school, I majored in Spanish, which would be a wonderful reason to travel abroad and study and do. And I didn't. And I, I tell people now that, you know, national counselors who come to camp now have such a, a sense of exploration and just seizing the moment and I wasn't that way when I was 10 or 14 or 18 but if I could go back and change one thing about myself and give myself that advice I would say you've met these staff members from around the world and they've said come crash on my couch and then I studied Spanish why didn't I go
0: so you would tell yourself to go yeah. do you still use your Spanish
1: Un poco. <laughs> okay. the, the, the Spanish served me well in the school system settings when you meet you know lots of diverse kinds of families. It helped me to tutor kids. And you know, I was hanging out in the classroom one day in Spanish lessons. It helped me with Lily at home with Spanish. It sometimes comes up uh, with staff we hire at camp. Not not as often, but it it, it comes up.
0: Camp Area is very proud of its attention to its Judaic heritage and traditions. It can also be said that the definition of what it means to be a Jewish child today has evolved quite considerably in the past generation or so. With being Judaic-informed, how do Judaic values and traditions play a role in your programming and how do these same commitments display themselves when you think about camp year-round?
1: It's ambiguous at first to think about being what we're now labeled as, we're an independent camp. So we're not affiliated with the movement, we're not owned or you know supported by a synagogue per se that's conservative or reform or what have you. So when we talk about our Jewish practice and community camp, we're looking for things that are welcoming, that are inclusive to, to our Jewish campers and, and but to non-Jewish staff or to campers who come from multi-religion households so it's interfaith families are just as interested in a wholesome experience that feels comfortable for their child as a traditional jewish family would be so when we talk about what's going to make that condition happen for us at camp we look at what are good values we want to live by and the way that we have personified at camp is to think in terms of being a mensch a mensch is being a stand-up person a person who puts others before themselves who more often than not chooses to and seeks out to do the right thing. So we try to model that for our staff at camp and then together as a whole staff for the campers at camp to have hospitality towards others, to practice perseverance, to exhibit friendship, to support those around us who need it. And in doing so and fostering a culture where we celebrate and recognize those who do it, Think it's caught on, and I'm, it's it's. My, I had to invent this. I'm trying to be one of the people in leadership who helps carry it on from where it was and where it will hopefully continue to go for many years.
0: But for many of the campers, it's perhaps the most prominent part of their Judaic life that spending time at, at summer camp. It's quite a responsibility and quite an opportunity as well to make an impression, isn't it?
1: It's it's a really cool opportunity to teach and be taught. So when we have an idea at camp where we talk about, in my family, we do, or someone before me, I can't take credit for this did where it began with, on Shabbat in my home, and for some people, it was more formal, candles and challah and blessings, a cup of wine. Others it was, we simply eat dinner together, but it's carry but it's, it's a family shared experience. And they're both correct.
0: It does speak to the diversity uh-huh. in in being Jewish. Camp Erie is for boys. Let's talk about boys. Let's. So much is written about the growth and adjustment of boys in our communities today. Oftentimes we can even see quite conflicting points of view. But one impression for me is clear is that the developmental challenges of boys are drawing quite a bit of attention these days. I'm hoping you might have some thoughts to share as both an expert observer and a hands-on leader of boys. What are you noticing these days?
1: I think there's a balance of new challenges to understand and also best practices for the past to continue. So I still believe and I, I I would think colleagues in other camps and parents would support that letting kids, in our case boys, be active, explore through play, to problem solve, to try ropes courses, to learn to dive into pools, what have you, is a great experience because it is, it is interpersonal, it is without screens and technology, it is a way to playing and doing. It's different than school. I also know that we know more about kids than we used to. We know kids who we used to think might be quirky have learning styles. And it's our responsibility to teach and play and care for them in ways that they, they can, their antennas are tuned are attuned to receive. So, are we doing what we can do to understand all the kids we're about to serve? Are we, are we training our staff the right way? Are we doing the right work in the off season to be as good as we can be? Understand, I really a diverse, a diverse crop of kids coming in. Camp used to be very heavy in sports and very heavy outdoors. And we happened to do a show a couple times this summer, and we did some music. Well, I think Camp Now really does offer high-quality programming in a lot of areas.
0: I think sometimes I've heard that referred to as an island of competence. I'm pretty confident and it sounds like you do believe that every child has their own island of competence. It's something that they do well. It would seem that one of your goals at camp is to help any particular camper find his. Can you share some impressions about perhaps some of the more individual islands of competence you've seen develop at camp and perhaps beyond?
1: I think one special thing that camp can provide if a camper wants it is you don't have to do the thing you already do at home, more of it at camp. You're allowed to be someone who's involved in athletics and sports at home, and at camp you'd rather play your instrument or go down to culinary, or work in in survival skills, or, or vice versa. You can be the lead in the show at camp, or at home, you wouldn't dare think of doing it at the theater at school. Because at camp, differently than at home, you have, I think, a supportive network to take a safe risk, to dabble, to swing and miss, and it's okay. You'll be supported and not teased for it.
0: you shared with me stories about former campers who basically just from being around the camp, having responsibility, caring about others, themselves have become teachers, have become physicians, have been inspired by that experience. It seems that just the caring of others can lead to so many different paths. You talk about the counselors and the younger campers who often looked up to the counselors. You did yourself. There's something intuitive that seems to take over a counselor has to look after someone younger than themselves
1: you ever notice
0: that kind of that magic that happens when you say well wow, can they do this and all of a sudden they're thrown into this experience and they just know how to take care of kids and the kids look up to them
1: i say to parents a lot when they're nervous about sending their child away to camp at the beginning of what is hopefully going to be a long camp career i said i say to them in all the good ways, they're gonna figure it out and they're gonna rise to the occasion and they're resilient. Whether it's about he won't know where his clothes are or he can't make it better, or he can't get shampoo out of his hair or whatever it may be, I say with confidence, in spite of us as parents, that children are going to succeed and they're gonna pick up each other along the way. So I think just being alone on your own, everybody digs a little deeper, pulls well, that a set of skills. I think when the counselors are thrust into a position, and I think part of it is camp training, part of it is the household they grew up in at home, the experiences they've had, because they've got great families involved in camp. They rise to the occasion too, and they they fill the void of brother, cousin, teacher, parent, friend, uncle, whatever it is. They, they remove obstacles so that fun and safety and comfort and community can be enjoyed by all.
0: They find those new parts of themselves where they feel safe. Not every camper though is is the same. What kinds of accommodations have you been called on to make sometimes for a camper, be it whatever their dietary needs might be or need for rest period or some accommodation anywhere else?
1: We've been real strategic as a two-camp organization to invite parents to partner with us in getting to know their child. All information is good information and we read all of it, whether it's whether it's directors, camper support, division head, as appropriate, unit leaders and other staff, medical staff, food service staff. We want to know how to best take care of your kids. We can't do things we don't know about. So we can make sure the dietary experience is well explained if it's about anxiety or safe and non-contaminated if it's about an allergy. We can assure them this is where you can get your medicine. If you're confused about what's the process, I can walk through that with kids. We, we we learn to recognize when a child is overstimulated or frustrated or just at At his temporary wits end about something, had to encourage to take a walk. Let's get a cold drink. Let's have a seat. Let's figure out what this is because I'm here to help you. And the depth of the roster of really talented staff we have, from counselors to unit leaders to division heads to camper care to assistant directors to directors and on, there are so many people willing to pitch in and help.
0: So it's not a one-size-fits-all. We'll meet you where you are, and we'll figure out what we need to do to get you from here to there so you grow during the experience. I, I can
1: remember a unique situation where a camper was having a real tough day, and the rest of the bunk was going out to get on bus for a trip, and he wasn't coming off the top bunk. He was he was annoyed enough to stay where he was. The counselor tried. The leader tried. I tried. Camera support tried. A doctor said, oh, I know him, took a walk down Village Row, took his head in the bunk, heard a couple of inaudible conversations back and forth, out they come together. We couldn't crack that code at that time, but I'm pretty sure someone on staff will always be able to. So if, we, if we're willing to problem solve together, to view the whole camp population as a shared responsibility, then we're going we're gonna to succeed more often than we don't.
0: So it is all hands on deck. Everybody's in, rowing the same direction, the same goal in mind of trying to get every camper enjoy as good an experience as possible. This seems like a good time to take a break, so why don't we take a break right now for a second. We'll be right back.